Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yes, it is Mackie and Judd. Mackie uh, still out back on Friday, still in Cincinnati at uh, some of co- the company meetings that are important have kept him away this week. So it's Judd, it's Declan, it's Dara Doogie Wolfson. It is a reckless speculation Thursday. And gentlemen, there's nothing better than when reckless speculation Tuesday meets reckless speculation Thursday. And we all get to take a big bow uh, Dukes, on Tuesday, I declared it a, a uh, non-traditional reckless speculation day, and we talked about the Vikings running back situation and the fact that at that point in time, Kareem Hunt, who has since signed with the Browns, and Cam Akers available in a trade from the Rams seem to be options for the Vikings. Uh, on Wednesday, that comes to fruition. Cam Akers is traded in a pick swap to the Vikings. And so my question is this, what is your feeling about the two additions now that we know that uh, Dalton Reisner and Cam Akers are both Vikings? And two, do you expect to see either one on Sunday playing against Los Angeles Chargers? Well, hello, Judd. Hello, Declan. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Cam Akers absolutely could be out there on Sunday. In fact, in the Vikings ideal world, Dalton Reisner is as well, although he admitted, I mean, he's as entertaining an interview as there is. He admitted to us in the locker room on Wednesday, like he's not even sure what direction to move on certain plays. He's doing his best to to absorb the playbook, but he has a long way to go physically, though, in pretty darn good shape. We know Cam Akers is fine. Yeah, he was a game day DAC on Sunday, but he went through an entire training camp preseason, what have you. So Cam Akers is ready to roll. So I imagine much like last year, TJ Hawkinson comes in middle of the week, plays on Sunday in Washington. I would be very, very surprised if Cam Akers is not on the field on Sunday against the Chargers. Dalton Reisner, if not Sunday, then clearly October 1st in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers. The idea is Dalton Reisner is going to play, is going to start. I have no problem with either move. Judd, we alluded to this on Tuesday about the running back situation. That Alexander Madison, while beloved in that locker room, there definitely has been some doubt from some of his teammates about whether he can be the lead guy. That is he better off being a 1B to somebody's 1A, or maybe it's right down the middle, 50-50, you know, a split, but that he's not, you know, to use the football terminology, a true bell cow. 
that teammates just have doubts about that. Now, my comeback to that is until the blocking improves, I don't know if it matters who the running back is. But I can just tell you that there are guys in that locker room that were questioning whether Madison should be the lead guy. And my sense is that was voiced to some higher-ups. Dukes, do you feel these moves for Reisner and Akers, do you think this was a cohesive Kwesi and KOC working together saying, hey, we need additions here? Was this from one side more than the other? Or is this more of a cohesive unit of, hey, we, we, need to get, we need to sew up two positions here that have been pretty big weaknesses for us for the first two games of the season? Yeah, I mean, Kevin, Kwesi on down, right? Chris Cooper in the offensive line room, right, with his history. With Dalton Reisner, I mean, I know he's pretty darn pumped up about this move. I mean, heck, if you want to say it reeks of desperation, fine. I mean, 0-2, I get it. I understand it. Now, you know, you can only trade draft picks up to three years out. So we're talking about conditions on a sixth and seventh round swap in 2026. The Rams basically gave Cam Akers away. Now, my understanding on Akers is, now, hey, maybe this was just fed to me by somebody close to Akers because this is what happened, but that this is the place he wanted to be. So we had heard of, you know, Cleveland kicking the tires before bringing back Kareem Hunt, potentially Baltimore, although I don't know necessarily about Baltimore, but they made a move on Kenyon Drake this week, adding him to the practice squad, the Raiders, the Buccaneers. Now, maybe it goes back to that NFLPA poll that, you know, just players like being here in Minnesota. Cam Akers is represented by Athletes First. They represent a number of Vikings have for a really long time, including Harrison Smith, who redid his deal, took the pay cut to stay. So the Vikings have a rock-solid relationship with the Athletes First representation group. I just know Cam Akers wanted to be here. But to me, you know, it's a minimal roll of the dice. On Reisner, 2.25. If he plays, he'll see the $4 million. But really, how much of a roll of the dice is $4 million? You created the cap space. You had to do something. To me, you had to do something when you did the move that Sunday morning or that Saturday before the Tampa game with the Brian O'Neill restructure. Not a pay cut. Brian O'Neill will still see his money. Just a restructure, moving some money around, creating a media cap space. So I have no problem with these moves. But I would say, Declan, trickle down right? Like through the building, right? Football operations wise. I mean, this wasn't just two people. This, this absolutely was, you know, to use, you know, the popular buzzword, a collaboration, a collaborative effort, right? Many people saying, okay, we need to do something the first two weeks. It just hasn't worked. On Reisner, do you have a, uh, after sniffing around a bit, do you have a feeling about when he does play where he's going to play? Because that's, you know, O'Connell, O'Connell was sort of evasive, not just just about that, but also about the decision on the timing of when to sign him. Uh, but I'm just curious because that's go, that's the biggest question now is, are they going to replace Ezra Cleveland? Are they going to replace Ed Ingram? Is Cleveland going to move? So are you beginning to get an idea of where Dalton Reisner might play when he does get in there? Well, I'll make this clear. They have not told Dalton where he will be playing. So if he doesn't know, I don't necessarily know, but I don't even think it's reckless so he still speculation to suggest. My understanding is as of yesterday, late afternoon. Okay. Thank all right. You. So we're speaking here at 8.05 a.m. on Thursday morning. As of Wednesday, mid to late afternoon, he was not led to believe this is specifically where we are targeting you to play. 
Mm. But I don't even think it's reckless speculation to say, even though he doesn't have experience at right guard, that he can make that transition, that he can trump Ed Ingram, that Ed Ingram is the weakest link among the starting five. Now, that being said, I will tell you that they kicked around the idea of trading Ezra Cleveland before the season. Mm -hmm. So he's in a contract year. I mean, I've said for a long time, drafted out of Boise as a tackle. Yes, he did what the team has asked him to do, right? right? But that ultimately, like, he views himself as a tackle. I don't know if he'll ever fully admit that, right? But he'd love to market himself in March as a tackle, not a guard. But I just, I have a hard time believing that it wouldn't be the Ed Ingram spot right guard. Like, I just don't know how you would pull Ezra Cleveland, then leave Ed Ingram on the field putting Dalton Reisner at his more natural left guard spot. Like, am I nuts on that, Judd? Like, the weakest link clearly is right guard, is Ed Ingram. I I think – so if if Hubris wins out, Ingram might not lose his job because obviously Cleveland's not their second-round draft pick. That's a Rick Spielman pick. Ingram is. But to your point, I think what makes the most sense is uh, that that – Reisner, who played right tackle in college some. So he's played the right side of the line, but he has played every single snap that he played uh, during his time with the Broncos at left guard. I think the one thing that we might see, though, is I would not be shocked to see Cleveland move back to right guard where he played as a rookie and actually wasn't too bad. Ingram goes to the bench, and Reisner then fits in at a place. Because here, here's the reason why I think it's probably a long shot. Reisner makes the move to right guard. The... To your point, Dukes, like he comes here and and O'Connell said this at the press conference on Wednesday, uh, which backs up what you just said, which is um, he doesn't really know our system. Right. And to your point, he doesn't know like where to go right now. So are you really going to ask him to move to an unfamiliar side of the line and start there in, in a system that he's coming into midstream? I think at the very least, it makes it easier on him if he's unfamiliar with the system to be playing a familiar position, which is left guard. And and then you move Cleveland to right guard. So that's the move I half expect if they don't allow, or if Quazy, uh, the only thing there is, well, that's my draft pick. Let's continue to develop Ed. But I think that would be short-sighted. I think this move is all about just trying to solidify the line. And then Dukes, here's the thing that we're not talking about en- enough. We've brought it up, but it's Garrett Bradbury. He's still not practicing. Garrett Bradbury's back is a mess. Garrett Bradbury probably belongs on IR, in fairness to Garrett. And they re-signed him. He did not last a quarter in week one, okay? So, like, we're not I, – I don't think that we're talking enough about the center position. And then do you truly trust Austin uh, Schlotman to play center for the majority of the season? Because I can tell you right now, a center with a bad back is not a guy that's just going to come back against the Chargers or the Panthers, and be fine. This is going to be a season-long problem. Well, I mean, Reisner did play a little bit of center, correct me if I'm wrong, but did play a little bit of center going back a number of years, but at Kansas State. But hard for me to see him playing center. I think it'll still be Schlotman. But, yeah, I mean, undoubtedly, cause for concern on Bradbury. It's coach speak, right? But leading into the Philly game where O'Connell was trying to lead us to believe, yeah, maybe we'll get Garrett out there. Let's see where he's at. They knew in that moment no chance he was playing in Philadelphia and that this likely would be a multi-week injury. 
on the possibility of moving Ezra to right guard, keeping Dalton at his more natural left guard, yeah, I would not dismiss that. I just think one way or another, Ingram comes off the field. Now, if playing the Quasi game, Quasi draft pick, is he willing to bite the bullet, taking it off the field? I mean, he did re-sign Madison, guaranteed 93% of his contract. I get it didn't break the bank to re-sign Madison, right? But now he brings on a running back that is going to share duties with Madison, right? So I don't think Quasi's looking at it quite like that. Like, they are going to put the best five offensive linemen on the field. So, yes, if that involves Ezra making a switch where he's played before, right guard, I guess I would not dismiss that. The way you laid it out with Dalton telling us, hey, you know, I'm swimming here. Like, there's so much being thrown at me. I don't even necessarily know which way to move. Why not play him at his very natural left guard spot, whether it's Sunday or a week from Sunday? But it's coming, right? I mean, he's playing one of those spots. Yeah, I just I wouldn't dismiss that Ezra possibility moving to right guard. But I just have a hard time believing that October 1st, Ed Ingram is getting a lot of snaps. Dukes, anything else in the uh, Vikings scoop bag from uh, your time in the locker room yesterday or anything else you've heard uh, from around the week on the Vikings? Well, I mean, it's just it's not necessarily kumbaya, but they're not necessarily panicking over there. You know, we can. That's fine. Hey, you lose Sunday. There will be all sorts of panic. But you look at the NFC North. It's there for the taking. Yeah, There is not going to be another 13-win team or a 12-win team. I mean, nine and eight may win you the division. Maybe it's 10 and seven, but nine and eight may win you the division. It'll probably come down to those final, you know, three games, two of which are against the Detroit Lions, that the Vikings feel like they will be playing meaningful football in December. And there's all sorts of confidence heading into Sunday. Maybe it's just matchup based that the Chargers don't have the interior, you know, defensive line strength that Tampa does that Philadelphia does, that the Vikings can combat that Chargers defense enough. Although I would worry about Christian Derrissaw. He moved around at practice on Wednesday, but that ankle isn't anywhere near 100%. Now, maybe he toughs through it, can move enough that he's a much better you know, option than David Questenberry. But I'm just telling you, Derrissaw's ankle is not going to be 100%, even close to 100%. On Sunday, but I can just tell you whether it's, you know, Austin Eckler, you know, potentially missing the game, Eric Kendricks potentially missing the game, that the Vikings internally feel very confident about Sunday's game. Uh, just the last part on Darisaw, do we think it's a high ankle sprain? Because obviously those are serious and take some time, but I mean, this certainly sounds like it's something uh, that he just didn't turn the ankle, that he did something. Do we think it's a high ankle sprain, Dukes? That I don't know. That okay. would be me absolutely speculating. That I do not know. I just was told he was moving, you know, very gingerly at practice Wednesday. I mean, that was evident. I put the video out on social media. So, I mean, you can right. see it for yourself on X, formerly Twitter, if you want to see him moving around from my Twitter right. feed. But even, you know, some people that Darisaw has been around going back a few days, right, just moving very, very gingerly. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, as you're thinking about combating Mac, Bosa, right? I mean, I don't know. That's a that's a hell of a task. You know, so now the more I talk through it, you know, it's not like Questenberry isn't capable. You know, so could you make a case for, for Questenberry? 
maybe it's more a matter of let's see how Darisol progresses through today. So we're speaking here again on Thursday morning. Let's right. see how he progresses at the 240 practice this afternoon. But I just know if he does play on Sunday, do not expect a 100% Christian Darisol. Dudes, before we get to twin scoops and anything else uh, in your bag, uh, why don't you tell us about your friends at MN Fat Loss? Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Declan. I appreciate it. Began the journey on July 2nd, mnfatloss.com. My stated goal in late June when I met with the fine folks in Plymouth at mnfatloss.com was, hey, I'd like to lose 20 to 25 pounds. That would be a nice number. If I can lose more, fantastic. But let's aim for 20 to 25 pounds. Well, stated goal accomplished. But more importantly, I feel energized, right? I just, I needed some guidance, some direction on what to eat, when to eat, how to eat. They have provided that guidance, but they are far from overbearing. It's a nice, fancy app on your phone, right? There's correspondence through that. They check in periodically, but they don't overwhelm you, but they provide you the roadmap to have success. It's really a lifestyle change, not a diet. And so I feel rejuvenated, thanks to my friends at mnfatloss.com. If you want to lose some weight, if you want to feel energized, call this number, 763-312-7600, 763-312-7600 for your free consultation, private consultation, or schedule online mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, DC. Results may vary. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. On a twin scoops. Uh, so, if I'm not mistaken, it's again to your point, we're recording this Thursday morning. Uh, the twins' magic number down to one. They don't play on Thursday. The Guardians do. The Guardians lost to the Royals last night, so the twins could actually clinch while they're on their couch. Uh, but let's get to the let's get to the pressing things here, Dukes. What can you tell us about the uh, the health updates of Carlos Correa, who was placed on the injured list with that plantar fasciitis problem that has bothered him basically all season long? And then Royce Lewis, who left the game a couple of nights ago, it sounds like he has a hamstring issue and a heel issue. He was obviously incredibly frustrated when he left. Um, but the updates on those two players with the Twins basically having clinched but now also trying to prepare for the playoffs and have both those guys on the field for game one of their first round series. Yes, we believe first round series. I guess there's still an outside chance. They climb up to the two seed, but so much would need to happen in terms of pretty much winning out 
than I having wouldn't the American pu- League West winner losing a bunch of games. I wouldn't push that. Seems unlikely. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not I've playing been guys. for a while. They are playing on October 3rd. I foresee yeah. them playing on October 3rd. But there's a sliver of a chance, right? 2%, 3%, you know, somewhere in that ballpark of the Twins getting a first round bye. But yeah, no I envision chance. them playing on October 3rd. On Carlos Correa, for what it's worth, all sorts of confidence. He will be back on the field for a game or two in Denver against the Rockies. That last series of the regular season, being able to ramp up enough heading into game one on October 3rd. But I'll continue to say, without extended rest, even with this 10-day break, but without Mm -hmm. extended rest, he's going to be fighting it throughout October. Plantar fasciitis is no joke, right? So they are doing all the treatments they can do. They are managing it the best they can, but he is not going to be anywhere near 100%. He hasn't been for months. He is going to have to continue to battle through some pain heading into the postseason, but there is a strong belief he'll be able to get back on the field for a game or two once this IL stint ends. So that's Saturday, potentially that Sunday as well in Denver, heading into game one on Tuesday, October 3rd. On Royce Lewis, it remains to be seen. MRI later today. The Twins didn't feel like it was serious enough to have him get on a plane on Wednesday to fly back here immediately, right? Like Wednesday morning. So he stayed with the team, flew back with the team Wednesday late afternoon after the series finale in Cincinnati. Then we'll undergo an MRI today. So we just we don't know until we hear the MRI results, but definitely cause for concern. Sure, he can verbalize, hey, glad it's not an ACL again, but a hamstring could sideline him for a bit. So we just we need to see the severity of the hamstring, what this MRI tells us later today. Also on the injury front, Byron Buxton will DH for the St. Saint Paul Saints tonight. So the Saints have been eliminated from playoff contention. So their season ends at the end of this week. So it was just a matter of, hey, like no reason to fly him down to Fort Myers. I mean, he could see live pitching at Target Field. You could bring somebody over from the Saints to throw to him at Target Field if necessary. But why not give him some game action? Let's just see where he's at. You know, I mentioned on Tuesday he was running. He was hitting off the tee. So the next progression was seeing some live pitching. Well, lo and behold, here we are two days later. He will be in the Saints lineup tonight. But that's another one day by day, right? As cliche as that is, we just we can't we can't tell the future on October 3rd. How will Buxton be? Could he be on the opening playoff roster? And if he is, should he be in the starting lineup for game one? That's just that's a complete wait and see. But good news, at least, you know, in the short term that that he will be in the Saints lineup tonight on the pitching front. Chris Paddock, Brock Stewart, Jorge Alcala, all good to go. So now it's just roster decisions. You know, the Twins need to make some 40 man moves because those guys are on the 60 day IL. So the Twins just have some decisions to make. We know Brock Stewart, no doubt in my mind, Brock Stewart is going to be in the bullpen on October 3rd. I don't necessarily see Jorge Alcala. I'm not sure Jorge Alcala, I think there's still a future there, but I'm not sure he's demonstrated when he's been healthy that he should be in the bullpen on October 3rd. Chris Paddock is interesting. I was told he was hitting 97 on the radar gun on Tuesday at CHS. If that's the case, I can foresee a scenario where Chris Paddock is in the bullpen 
on October 3rd. But at this point, all three guys ready to go. It's just a matter of the Twins making some roster decisions when they want to make those roster decisions or if, you know, especially in the case of Alcala, if they want to make that roster decision. Dudes, I've also heard that radar gun at CHS runs a little hot. Runs just a tad bit hot. Well, it does Um, because I'll tell you that at one point during the broadcast on Tuesday night, I was watching on MILB.TV that Chris Paddock hit 99. So I instantly reached out to somebody. I was told, no, he did not hit 99. So, Declan, you are spot on on that. See? See, Judd? I told you my conspiracy Dude, I believed you. You worked there. You worked there. I believed you completely. It's a hot guy. Well, I worked over at Midway, right? I mean. Me too. Yeah. God bless Midway Stadium. So, I was never (laughs) gifted the opportunity to work, you know, regularly at CHS. But I've been over there plenty. Still know all sorts of people with the Saints going back to my time. In 2009, 2010, helping broadcast Saints games. So, yeah, great people there. But, yeah, Stecklin, you're spot on about the radar gun at CHS Field. Hey, on on Paddock, too, um, he's not really a bullpen guy, Dukes. So, like, what, what's the decision? He's not, of- but he came out of the bullpen the other day. Okay, well, it, it just seems – that seems like an odd place to bring him back for the playoffs. So, because to your point, Brock Stewart – is a bullpen guy. And like you, if he's healthy, you know exactly what you're going to get. Chris Paddock hasn't pitched in more than a, a year. I'm not saying he can't contribute, can't help. Um, but I just wonder if that, I wonder what the role w- would be unless he was, go, unless he was going to be like handcuffed to a starter who struggled or something like that, which is, a well, that might be it. I mean, pecking order wise, we're not yeah. even putting him in the top four right. or even top five. Right. So it would have to be a desperation type situation. I think what we will see Judd, is mm-hmm. Paddock rejoining the Twins as soon as tomorrow. So the Twins will make that roster decision. I'll be interested to see what the 40-man move is, but that the Twins will make the decision to activate Chris Paddock and have him come out of the bullpen at some point, whether it's as soon as Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or next week in Denver. At some Just point here during these nine games, Angels, A's, Rockies, that they will see where Chris Paddock is, then they don't need to make the decision until literally the morning of game one. So they don't need to submit their first-round playoff roster until the morning of October 3rd. So they don't need to make a decision right this second. I think the decision immediately is, let's activate Paddock, then see where he's at, if there is a chance he could help us out of the bullpen. Gotcha. More twin scoops? That's pretty much it on, on the twins front. I mean, it's just all about... When will the celebration take place? I will say, if they do clinch tonight, in their homes. the Tigers did beat the Dodgers last night, so is there a scenario where the Tigers and Guardians need to lose tonight yes. for the Twins to technically clinch? That's exactly right, because the Tigers said. won late last night in L.A., so mm. the Twins need a little bit of help to officially clinch tonight, but they'll clinch this weekend at Target Field as soon as tomorrow. But if they do clinch tonight, the celebration won't change. It will still be a massive party post-game Friday. Like the plans to pop the champagne, whether they go expensive champagne or cheap champagne, I'm not sure yet, but they will Paul be popping be champagne in the Twins Clubhouse Friday night, even if they clinch tonight. So hold on a second. So they might clinch tonight. They could lose to the Angels on Friday, and they're going to have a big champagne celebration after they lose to oh, Yeah, because at yeah. that point... Yeah. They will be officially American League Central Division champions. So they are going to pop the champagne. So, yeah, regardless of you know what? how Friday goes, if they clinch tonight, yes, that is going to take place. Here's a thought. 
here, there's just a thought, okay? Reckless Speculation Thursday. I'd like to add this to, to, a, to the mix. When you lose 18 consecutive playoff games, how about T-shirts that said, we ain't done nothing yet, and we don't get the champagne celebration until you actually win a playoff series? How about that idea? We See, ain't done offer, nothing yet. I know. Sports dad, I hear you. But let me offer up some resistance. That the grind of this long season, go ahead and celebrate that there's actually no reason to celebrate if you win two games in the first round of the playoffs and move on to the second round. I agree with you on that, yes. You ultimately need to win 13 games to win the World Series. Crossing off two of the 13 shouldn't then allow you to hold a massive party. But if you want to party after the grind of, at this point, close to 162 games, but this long season that began with, you know, spring training and, you know, mid to late February, just how long the season is. If you want to celebrate Friday night, if that's the night that everything is clinched, for me, go ahead and do it. So so my scoop friend, I agree with you totally. Only here's the point. I do think the Twins could celebrate if they win two playoff games because the streak will be done. And they'll have won a series. Oh, yeah. So like, well, and that's in this case, yeah. It, yeah, they, well, no, they celebrate every yeah. single time. They celebrate Correct. every yes. single time. I'm All just right. saying, like, do you really need I hear to? It. Let's say you win game one on October 3rd. I, you win game you. two on October 4th. I'm you totally don't necessarily need to then party again in the clubhouse I'm Wednesday night, October 4th, or Wednesday late afternoon. I guess I wouldn't be shocked if the Twins end up playing earlier games, not prime time. <laughs> games right just based on the tv schedule i wouldn't be shocked if the game started earlier so wednesday late afternoon early evening if they have one game one then win game two on that wednesday night wednesday late afternoon i yeah i'm with you but they will i mean it's just it's the way it is the other thing to keep an eye on so there was a football game at target field last saturday south dakota state beat drake a million to seven i forget what the final score was but wow it was that was a blowout of epic proportion right so south dakota state wins but just the work they've done. I meant to hook up with my guy DeVito over there early this week. He wasn't available on Monday, but I just know now, hey, there was a football game in 2019. Trey Lance and North Dakota State played at Target Field a few yep. years ago. So this grounds yep. crew knows how to recover from a September football game. But I'm just saying, keep an eye on what the field looks like this weekend. I, You know what? I, I know this is going to shock both of you guys but i actually did sometimes uh sometimes scouting the, the field during a trip out to Minnie and paul's during a recent homestand and so i was in center field observing things and i will say this the concerts that were there have taken their toll the outfield grass is splotchy now and the outfield grass ordinarily is immaculate and that's a new field as well um and so yes i i would say this the once you do a concert as well because you put all that crap down you um the field doesn't fully recover and so yes a football game probably did did not help but the outfield grass does not look as immaculate as it did which is a shame because that field is absolutely kept in pristine shape uh before we we get to final scoops i want to talk about my friends at power lodge Decklingoff and miller marine because as lake season throttles down trust the world's largest bennington dealer miller marine and power lodge right there to protect your passion call today about power lodge miller marine's limited time winterization special they're offering free storage with the purchase of a new boat get double the value if that new boat is a luxurious bennington with unbeatable employing pricing stacked on top of rebates this is the best time of year folks to buy and there's nothing uh, wrong with fall water on the lakes with beautiful color change cruises 
needing a power upgrade, they'll store that new motor for you too. Pontoon Passion starts at Miller Marine and Power Lodge. Free winter storage with the purchase of a new boat from our buddies at the Lodge and Miller Marine. Throttle therapy on and off the water. MillerMarine.com, PowerLodge.com. Check them out and tell them the guys at Score North uh, sent you. All right, final scoops. Um, I guess lead that with the Gophers football team goes into Northwestern. Looking to bounce back after the loss at North Carolina. And my guess is against this Northwestern team, they will get a nice bounce back. Well, they should. Now, the hope was that Cody Lindenberg, to me, the second most important defensive player behind safety Tyler Newbin, was trending in the direction of being able to play some snaps in Chapel Hill. But hamstring, tricky injury, was never going to be 100%, so just didn't want to push it. But he's moving closer, so Mm. it sure would be nice to have Lindenberg back on the field for your second Big Ten game. Even if it seems like it's a layup, hey, you want to do everything in your power to get to 2-0, in the Big Ten. So I know he's progressing, but hamstrings, just like with Royce Lewis, right? Hamstrings are incredibly tricky. Chris Ottman Bell in year seven has been fully medically cleared. The idea was for him to have a bigger role at North Carolina, and it just never came to fruition. But physically, I'm led to believe he is good to go. What I don't know, what's hard to quantify, The mental hurdles, right, coming back from yet another injury, right? So, you know, reckless speculation, fine. But I just wonder if he's battling some stuff internally on that front. But I know physically he has been cleared. But I just think about a fully healthy Chris Altman Bell, his ability to come down with 50-50 balls, really good player. Like, I think he was on the track to make money playing football. Like, practice squad, fine, whatever, maybe not drafted, but finding his way onto a practice squad fighting for a 53-man roster spot on an NFL roster. Like, I thought he was on that trajectory. Well, just right now, it has slowed. It has come to a grinding halt. But I'd like to think at some point they'll be able to help them. But the idea was he was going to have a larger role at North Carolina. The other gopher talking point, I mentioned this on Tuesday, much like I did in May, that, hey, don't be surprised if USC – comes calling on Mark Coyle, but ultimately I don't see Mark Coyle leaving. Okay, well, that took place. Michigan State will need to hire a head football coach after the season. I'm just telling you, connecting some dots, that there is Spartans interest in P.J. Fleck. Now, to me, what the end game can be here is Brian Harlan, Fleck's agent, can find a way to get the U to pay him more that P.J. Fleck ultimately stays here, gets another bump in salary. But I'm just telling you, now, hey, Michigan State probably has seven to ten names on its list. So it's not just one guy. But I'm just saying, however many names are on that list, I imagine P.J. Fleck's name is on that list. Good stuff, Dukes. Thank you, sir. You got it, boys. Thanks, Dukes. At some point, whether it's at Vikings later today, on my way to day one of Wild training camp, Karoka Priestoff, Marco Rosti, some others on the ice starting at 9 a.m. and on my way to Vikings later. And the Timberwolves have a little media event later today as well. So busy day, but fun time. Awesome stuff, Doogie. Thanks much, and uh, okay. talk to you soon. All right. See you, boys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.